Welcome to Well That Was Weird, the podcast, Serial Saturday edition, where each week we discuss a different killer and give our opinions on their heinous crimes. My name is Isaiah. And I'm Chance. And this week, we're discussing the killing of Tim McLean uh, by Vince Lee, not to be confused with the Singaporean football player, Vincent Lee. (laughs) (laughs) He did not, in fact, murder and cannibalize anyone. (laughs) (laughs) So the crazy thing about this story is, is for as high profile as, as as this kind of was, I guess, is I've never really heard about this until you mentioned it. I yeah, I, this was something I just happened to come across uh, a couple weeks ago, and then I ended up reading into it, and it was pretty insane. Um, it's so this is uh, I know we call it, we're going to be calling this Serial Saturdays, where we discuss like serial killers and, and different things. Uh, yeah. Vince Lee is not a serial killer technically; he only ever killed this one guy, uh, Tim McLean, okay. but. The brutality of this killing is what drew me in and how just batshit crazy this story is. Uh, okay. I felt like this we had to we had to talk about it. Um, okay. And I'm just going to essentially I'm just going to go through the Wikipedia, which kind of contains information from a lot of different sources. Um, yeah. And we'll we'll do a little bit of background. Um, so the the actual killing of Tim McLean happened on July 30th in 2008. I like you said, I didn't hear about it when it happened, but mm-hmm. this also happened no. in Canada. Um, yes. So uh, Tim McLean was a 22-year-old Canadian man. Uh, during the killing, Tim McLean was stabbed, beheaded, and cannibalized while riding a Greyhound bus <laughs> with many people on board uh, along the Trans-Canada Highway about 19 miles west of Manitoba. On March 5th, McLean's killer, who was a 40-year-old Chinese-Canadian Vince Lee, was found not to be criminally responsible for this murder and was remanded to a high-security mental health facility in Manitoba where he was detained until his release on May 8, 2015. So Vince Lee is out and walking around amongst normal people. And you'll realize how fucking bonkers that is (laughs) once we talk about what the hell went down because it gets intense. God damn. Well, I have a lot of questions, but I'm sure they'll be answered at at some point. So um, I'm going to read you a little bit of background on both men first, and then we'll get into the actual murder. Okay, yeah. Yeah, let's Um, do it. So Tim McLean, the victim of today's story, yeah, uh, was born October third, nineteen eighty-five, in Victoria, British Columbia. Okay. Uh, he grew up in Winnipeg, um, in Manitoba, and he was uh, twenty-two year old. He was twenty-two years old when he was killed, uh, and at the time of his okay. death, he'd been working as a carny, uh, <laughs> specifically a carnival barker. So he was the guy that was had the horn, you know, like come on, <laughs> see the bearded lady, you know. That uh, guy. Okay. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, before we even get into the whole story of it all, is it not just fitting that this happened on a Greyhound bus? <laughs> a lot of sketchy shit happens on Greyhounds. <laughs> I've ridden Greyhounds. Not the best experience of my life. <sighs> yeah. I don't know what it is with Greyhound buses, but. Well, here's the thing, though, too, is uh, 
people after, and we'll, we'll get into this a little bit more, but people uh, that were on the bus, like bystanders, bystanders yeah. tried to sue Greyhound. <laughs> and it's like, like honestly, like as sketchy and gross as Greyhound is, what the fuck do you think they're going to do? Like, they didn't tell this guy to murder someone in front of you. Like, they're not responsible. Like, what was the bus guy, like the driver supposed to do? Like, oh, let me jump into action because I get paid $10 an hour or whatever, you know? Like, this is not going to do shit. Yeah. (laughs) So, uh, a little bit of background on Vince Lee. Uh, Okay. So, and I don't know if I'm going to pronounce this right. So, his name is Vincent uh, Yong Lee. Was born in Dangdong, <laughs> Dangdong, China, <laughs> on April thirtieth, nineteen sixty-eight. In ninety-two, Lee graduated from Wuhan uh, Institute of Technology. You know, shout out to the Wuhan virus uh, with a bachelor's degree in computing. <laughs> uh, and from nineteen ninety-four to nineteen ninety-eight, Lee worked okay. in Beijing as a computer software engineer. So he was a smart guy. Uh, he had a background in, in engineering. Um, he immigrated to Canada in 2001 um, and became a Canadian citizen in 2006. Uh, the psychiatrist Stanley Yaron, who later examined Lee, said he was hospitalized in 2003 or four after an incident with the Ontario police. Um, okay, I want to know what what that incident was. It doesn't detail, but I'm pretty sure that he was just kind of mental. Like he was mentally not checked in all the way already. Uh, yeah. And I think he was, he ended up being pretty aggressive to, uh, towards the police during an incident and they just like tased him and arrested him. I'm just, I'm curious though, because that could have been a clear warning sign. Yeah. You know, I, I guess I, I'm just, I'm trying to think about that, you know, like, well, he apparently had mental problems kind of going in. Yeah. Um, okay, here we go. Um, I found it. I found the incident uh, that where he was picked up in 2003 or 2004 or whatever. Uh, he was found walking along a highway following the sun as ordered to by God. <laughs> go west, my child. So, I don't know. At least it wasn't like a violent thing, and they were just like, eh, he'll be fine. Let him yeah. go. Yeah, that explains okay. it a little bit better. Um so Lee worked in Winnipeg at uh, media. He had some menial jobs at Grant Memorial Church for six months to support his wife Anna. Okay. Uh, Pastor Tom Caster, who <laughs> Pastor Tom Caster, who employed Lee, said he seemed happy to have a job and was committed to doing it well, despite a language barrier with the other other congregation members. So okay. that's what I don't get is like he was a software engineer. Like he had the background, mm. but when he moved to Canada, he was just like, mm, I want to work crap jobs. Like that is that, a little bit weird. Does that not carry over? Like I'm pretty sure like computer software language engineer software engineer. Yeah, like computer language carries. <laughs> like I mean yeah, because pretty much uh you know each each different computer language once you kind of know it, I mean, you can do it anywhere. Mm-hmm. So uh, the pastor was quoted as saying, I think he would occasionally feel frustrated with not being able to communicate or understand, but we have very patient staff members and he seemed to respond well. 
Okay. Uh, he told them that Lee did not show any signs of anger issues or other trouble before he quit in 2005. He worked as a forklift operator in Winnipeg while his wife worked as a waitress. Um, okay. So he Lee then went on to move to Edmonton in 2006, uh, abruptly leaving his wife alone until she joined him later. Uh, and he ended up getting a couple jobs, working one working at Walmart, another at a fast food restaurant, and then he became a newspaper delivery boy. Um, his delivery boss uh, described Lee as reliable, hardworking, and not showing any signs of trouble. A um, couple weeks before uh, the killing, he was actually fired from Walmart following a disagreement with other employees. And then before the incident, he asked for time off from his delivery mm-hmm. job. So let's see. Now on... Um, July 29th, 2008, at 12.05 uh, in Edmonton, Lee okay. proceeded to board a Greyhound bus bound for Winnipeg. Let's do that. On July 29th, around 6, Lee got off the bus in Erickson, Manitoba, with at least three pieces of luggage and stayed the night on a bench next to a grocery store. Witnesses said that he was seen at 3 a.m. sitting bolt upright with his eyes wide open, <laughs> just, just suddenly shoots out of a sleep um okay on the morning of july 30th he still sat at the bench he sold his new laptop computer to a 15 year old boy for 60 dollars <laughs> it was a brand new laptop and he's like 60 bucks okay a- apparently the laptop ended up being seized by uh the rcmp uh, I'm assuming it's the Manitoba police as evidence. And the boy was subsequent. They gave him a new laptop because of his honesty. <laughs> oh, well, that was nice, I guess. Yeah. I guess he was just like, you know what? This is weird. And then when he heard about what happened, it's like, I bought a computer off that maniac. Um, hmm. Okay. So just a little insight before we like dive in a witness that watched Lee attack McLean said that he seemed completely oblivious to the other people on the bus while he was stabbing McLean and added that he was struck by Lee's calm demeanor. Oh shit. He said, quote, there was no rage or nothing on his face. He was like a robot stabbing that guy. He said that when he appeared in uh, Portage La Prairie courthouse on charges of secondary murder, the only words Lee re- reportedly uttered were pleas for someone to kill him. Jesus. <laughs> this dude is a maniac, man. God. Okay. Like, well, I mean, it's geez. it's kind of interesting because I actually just got through reading a couple different books uh, by John Douglas. Yep. You know, that, that famous FBI profiler, the guy who invented the whole thing. We talked about him last time. I got, I just finished reading a couple of books by him and, yeah, he really does suggest that very few killers are actually insane. Mm-hmm. Um, but this one, I would, I would definitely have to say this guy was actually insane. What's his reasoning for not thinking that they're insane? Because a lot of these guys that we read about, like, had some obvious mental issues, like whether yeah, that a lot be of them had mental by, issues. Like, but he argues that know. they all a hundred percent knew what the fuck they were doing. Yeah, like other than. The the one that he says that that he agrees was actually insane was was Richard Ramirez. Really? Yeah, the guy who drank everybody's blood. Yeah, I just I yeah, feel he, like he knew what he was doing. 
he argues that Richard Ramirez was kind of insane, but you know, like this guy interviewed son of Sam, you know, and son of Sam claimed that, that it was his neighbor's dog who told him to kill people. <laughs> um, during the actual interview, the actual uh, interview that John Douglas had with, with son of Sam, David Berkowitz, Berkowitz admitted it to it being complete bullshit. What the, like he did the dog told him to do it. Yeah, he admitted that it was complete bullshit. Yeah. And he just wanted to get a a crazy charge so they wouldn't kill that's him. That's exactly that that's exactly it. And that's where this guy feels, you know, he's he's personally interviewed so many of these serial killers and he feels like despite having a lot of mental issues that very few of these guys are actually insane. You know, like insane enough to be able to say that that they weren't competent to stand trial for what they did, basically. Yeah. Um, this case here, so far from what I've heard, I haven't heard the actual details of the actual killing yet, but so far, this guy sounds actually insane. Yeah, I think, and I mean, I don't know much on Lee's background, but just what people reported, like seeing like he had like super weird behavior and all this, it's like he sounds like he was, he had some demons <laughs> in his mm. head, you know, like yeah. he was, pro- he may have been hearing stuff, like he could have been a schizophrenic, you know. Okay. Just never told anyone. Um, so at 12.01 p.m. on July 30th, 2008, Tim McLean, a carnival barker, which we already discussed, was returning yes. home to Winnipeg after a fair in Edmonton. He departed Edmonton on board a Greyhound bus 1170 to Winnipeg via the Yellowhead okay. Highway through Saskatchewan. He sat at the rear, one row ahead of the toilet at 6.55 p.m. The bus departed from a stop in Erickson, Manitoba with a news pa- new passenger, uh, Vince mm-hmm. Lee. Lee, described as a tall man in his 40s with a shaved head and sunglasses, sat near the front of the bus, but okay. moved to sit next to McLean following a scheduled rest stop. McLean uh, apparently barely acknowledged Lee and then fell asleep against the window, uh, headphones with headphones covering his head. So he he wasn't... Had no clue what was going on around him. He's just going to sleep, yeah. listening to music, or doing something. Yeah. So according to witnesses, McLean was sleeping with his headphones on when Lee, sitting next to him, produced a large knife from his jacket and began stabbing him in the neck and the chest repeatedly. Oh, shit. After the attack, the bus driver pulled to the side of the road and he and all passengers fled the vehicle. <laughs> Dude, can you imagine... Like just looking over and just hearing like, <laughs> just yeah, like, what's that noise? Somebody punching meat, and then just realizing <laughs> that this dude is just murdering someone in front of you. Oh, I I can't imagine. Also, like how awful for that dude. Like he's just sleeping, and then like, do you think he woke up? I'm assuming he he wasn't dead after the first. He day, probably but... woke up for just a second. And was like what? <laughs> 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 oh no, I'm dying. <laughs> <And then> just... <laughs> Murdered. <laughs> so, oh God, it's awful. This is, it is. It gets so much worse. So the driver and two other men actually made an attempt to try and rescue McLean, but were chased away by Lee, who slashed at them from behind the locked bus doors. So I guess he started stabbing McLean multiple times in the neck and chest, killing him, and then started walking around the bus. Um, 
and the driver locked, I guess somehow locked the doors or Lee locked them from the inside. Okay. Lee then decapitated McLean and displayed his severed head to those standing outside the bus. Uh, so he began basically walking back and forth on the bus, holding up McLean's severed head and showing oh, it through the windows. Shit. And all these people were just standing there. They were just standing next to the bus like, what the fuck just happened? So then Lee returns to McLean's body and begins severing other parts of him and consuming McLean's flesh. What? Yeah. Uh, at 8.30 p.m., this is eight hours <laughs> after, like, I guess the, well, no, sorry. Eight hours after McLean entered the bus and then Lee got on at 6.55. So okay. about an hour and a half after Lee even got on the bus, he had already killed McLean. And at 8.30, the Royal Canadian Mounted Police in uh, Portage, uh, received a report of a stabbing on the Greyhound. They arrived to find the suspect still on board the bus, being prevented from escaping by another passenger. So I guess Lee tried to get out, but everybody was like, fuck no, you're staying in there. Uh, <laughs> and they like barricaded the door to the bus. Yeah. Uh, a truck driver who had stopped um, had provided a crowbar and a hammer as weapons um, to the other, some, I guess to the driver. So other passengers were huddled at the roadside, some of them crying and reported vomiting um, after watching all of this go down, which completely yeah. understandable. Sure. Uh, as Lee had earlier attempted to escape by driving the bus away, but the driver had engaged an emergency immobilizer system, rendering the, the vehicle inoperable. Uh, witnesses had observed the suspect stabbing and cutting McLean's body and then carrying his severed head back and forth on the bus. Good God. By 9 p.m., 30 minutes after they received the call, the police were in a standoff with Lee and summoned special negotiation negotiators and a heavily armed tactical unit. Lee alternatively paced the length of the bus and defiled the corpse even further. Police officers Jesus. then observed him eating parts of McLean. <laughs> Meanwhile, stranded, pa stranded passengers were transported from the scene to be interviewed uh, by the Manitoba Police Detachment. The officers reportedly heard Lee saying, I have to stay on the bus forever. <laughs> <laughs> this is my home now. <laughs> what? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> just go away <laughs> he's like that's how you get property is you just stab someone to death and then you claim the bus it's like oh okay. this is actually a law in China there's nothing we can do about it uh, <laughs> so this continued for several hours the standoff mm -hmm. on July 31st uh, 2008 at 1.30 a.m. the suspect, Lee, attempted to escape from the bus by breaking through a window. The Manitoba police arrested Lee shortly after, like they had the mm -hmm. bus surrounded, so no reason for him to try to leave. He was shot with a taser twice, which wow on them for using a taser and not a fucking rifle or something yeah like if this was America, if he was in America he would have been shot like 45 times <laughs> <laughs> they were like, we're not sure if anyone's on that bus, but we're going to fire through it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
like, is that a yeah. mounted machine gun? <laughs> we can't take any chances. Uh, set it on fire. Yeah. It'll smoke them out. <laughs> Something, well, not as intense, but I think it was a couple of years ago, downtown Vegas, there was that guy that got shot on the city bus on the strip. And oh, then yeah. I think yeah. the cops, like shot a gas grenade through a window or something yeah something like that yeah um so lee was in, he ended up getting shot with a taser twice he was handcuffed and then placed in the back of a police cruiser parts mm. of <laughs> parts of mclean's body placed in plastic bags were retrieved from the bus however his ear nose and tongue were found in lee's pockets so he had <sighs> stuffed pieces of him into his pockets the victim's eyes and part of his heart were never recovered and are presumed what? to have been eaten by Lee. Good God. He ate this man's eyeballs. <laughs> Bruh. I don't know. I've seen a lot of, um, uh, I don't know, I guess, like, what was it? Bizarre Foods with Andrew Zimmer and, and people eat, like, all that stuff. Fish and goat eyes and shit, but. Ugh. I've seen people eat eyes before, and none of them ever look that great. <laughs> so, <laughs> I can really imagine uh, a raw human eye can't really be that great because every time I've seen like Andrew Zimmer eat them, they're a cooked eye usually. Do you think it? Uh, do you think it like popped? Yeah, <laughs> probably. Like when he. But, I mean, this guy clearly was just—he was living in a different fucking reality. To be putting parts of body parts in his pockets and yeah. eating eyes and I mean at least he did the fucking Mortal Kombat Kano thing and took a bite out of the dude's heart. Yeah, I mean he pulled the Sub Zero and was just carrying this dude's head around like. <laughs> uh, so at, at 10 a.m., Greyhound representatives took the other okay. passengers to a local store to replace their clothes, which remained on the bus. Uh, they arrived in Winnipeg okay. at three thirty that day to be reunited with family members and friends, and that's essentially where the the incident uh, ends. Um, but yeah. Lee's trial commenced on March third, two thousand nine, with Lee pleading not criminally responsible on account of a mental disorder. So this means that he accepted that the offense occurred, but claimed that he was unable to form un- the necessary mental element. Or uh, what mens rea, uh, yeah, which, okay. which is the mental element of a person's intention to commit a crime or knowledge yeah. that one's action or lack thereof would cause a crime to be committed. Um, the psychiatrist said that Lee performed the attack because of God's voice told him that McLean was a force of evil and was going to execute him. The presiding, pres- presiding judge, John Scarfield. Okay accepted the diagnosis and ruled that Lee was not criminally responsible for this killing. And Lee was remanded to the Selkirk mental health center. So he was found not, well, I guess he was found guilty, but not able to stand trial because he was mentally insane. Wow. Yeah. That is fucking bonkers to me because he walked around with a man's severed head Eight pieces of his face and his heart cut him up, and it was like, ah, he's crazy. We can't do anything with him. Yeah, that's the craziest part to me. Like, 
I don't care if you're not mentally sound. If you decapitate and like dismember someone, we should put you down. Like you're a fucking animal. Yeah. Probably. Uh, yeah. Maybe it's not your fault, but yeah, you're capable of horrific acts of violence and don't deserve to live. Like that's, that's insane to me. So following the attack, the Greyhound, Greyhound Canada announced it was pulling a series okay. of nationwide advertisements, which included the slogan, quote, there's a reason you've never had, you've never heard of bus rage. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. Oh God, no. <laughs> well, now no, we have. Greyhound, there's, no. There's a reason you've never heard of bus rage. Uh, <laughs> which no, they should, let's guys. be honest that never should have been a slogan because how many fights happen on a greyhound bus like so <sighs> the incident <laughs> no. led to numerous calls and petitions demanding increased security uh, okay. on intercity buses after the incident people for the ethical treatment of animals PETA attempted to run an ad in the Portage Daily Graphic comparing the killing of Tim McLean to the consumption of animals. <laughs> wow. PETA? PETA tried to compare this man's murder to killing of animals. God damn it, PETA. PETA, shut the fuck up. I love Son animals. Of a bitch. All animals should be treated fairly, but fuck PETA. <laughs> On June 3rd, or sorry, before this, actually, the family of Tim McLean brought a lawsuit of $150,000 against Greyhound, the Attorney General of Canada, and Vince Lee. On June 3rd, 2010, Lee was granted supervised outdoor walks with his mental health facility okay. as voted by the Provincial uh, Review Department. In 2011, two passengers, Deborah Tucker and Kay- Kaylee Shaw, filed yeah. a lawsuit against Lee, Greyhound, the police department, and the Canadian government for being exposed to the beheading. They were each seeking $3 million in damages. In 2015, the two women dropped their, uh, let's see, two women dropped their lawsuit. So that's a stupid lawsuit, first of all. Like, you can't say, I'm suing you because you exposed me to a beheading, dot, 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 that you didn't know was going to happen. Like, yeah, that's that's what I don't understand. You think like Greyhound had to like add that into their like their <laughs> policy when it's like when you buy a ticket and it's like you may sit next to a crackhead and you also <laughs> may see be a part of or witness a beheading, <laughs> none of which we're liable for. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's kind, it's kind of like when uh, in State Farm if you read their um. If you read their policy in depth, it says that yeah. they don't cover civil war or like nuclear attacks. What? So like if your car gets fucking windows busted out or shot up during a uh, like civil war, they're not yeah. responsible and you don't get anything. <sighs> it's Good one God. reason I dropped State Farm. <laughs> it's 2020, <laughs> yo. I need that civil war insurance. <laughs> So on May 30th, 2011, CBC reported that Lee was responding well, thank God, to his treatment and that his doctor recommended that he receive more freedom phased in over several months. In 2012, 
Lee was reported to have been granted temporary passes that would allow him out of the mental facility for visits to town, supervised by a nurse and a peace officer. In an interview, Lee, yeah, Lee spoke for the first time, saying that he began hearing the voice of God in 2004 and that he wanted to save people from an alien attack. And we're letting this guy out. Jesus Christ. In 2014, it was reported that Lee would be allowed to be unsupervised to visit Selkirk starting at 30 minutes and expanding to full day trips. Since 2013, he has been allowed to have supervised visits to Lockport, Winnipeg, and nearby beaches. Those visits were then relaxed. In 2014, he was reported that one of the officers on scene, Corporal Ken Barker, had committed suicide. The family stated in his obituary he was suffering from post-traumatic stress disorder. After witnessing... Dude, I don't even, I can't imagine what it would have been like to get on that scene and be like, someone got attacked on the bus, okay, and then get there, being like, oh, my God. Yeah, yeah, because I'm sure I'm sure the scene was like, oh, dude stabbed and murdered a guy on a bus, and they're thinking like, okay, well, this is going to be kind of messy anyway. Yeah. And then you get there, and there's like fucking just gore all over the bus. This guy's got tongues in his pockets. There's eyes missing. <laughs> Jesus. I mean... I, <laughs> God damn! Like that's heavy, dude. Yeah. Oh, I can't. I, I mean, I, I feel for the guy because I mean, I, I don't think I've even brought this up ever on the podcast, but I've dealt with something kind of similar. But you know, like I kind of feel for the guy. Like once you see some horrific shit like that, you just kind of stays with you, <laughs> right? <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, uh, granted, like I didn't. I didn't see a dude walking around with another dude's head in his hand and yeah. tongues in his pockets and shit, but still, right? I mean, I feel for the guy. Like that's some uh, that's some like war wartime shit, you know? Like, yeah, like soldiers go through that after coming yeah. back from war, and this poor guy had to witness this shit. <laughs> like, fuck. Yeah. In, in 2015, Lee was given unsupervised day passes uh, to visit Winnipeg so long as he carried a functioning cell phone while using them. Oh, okay. In, in 2015, on May 8th, the news reported Lee was granted passes to group homes in the community. In 2016, Lee had legally changed his name to Will Baker and was seeking to leave his group home to live independently, which, in which he won the right to live alone upon the recommendation of the Criminal Code Review Board. Our last update is in 2017, the Manitoba Criminal Code Review ordered Lee to be discharged. Lee was granted absolute discharge. There will be no legal obligations or restrictions pertaining to Lee's independent living. Uh Uh-huh. So Vince Lee, or now Will Baker, if you'd like to look him up in your Manitoba or surrounding area phone book or (laughs) possible felon uh, lookup, he is living completely independent, has no restrictions and no obligations, and he is free to do as he pleases. Well, goddamn. Okay, then. Um, Jesus. Yeah, I had never heard this story before. This is fucking wild for me. I to... the craziest part for me, like, yeah, it sucks so bad 
for Tim McLean and his family, obviously, like that's so horrific. The, sure. The most insane part of me, like I can't get over this, is that they let him go. Yeah. Like, yeah. His graphic murder caused so many people distress. It caused a man to kill himself. Like, yeah. And you think, and you, he was deemed too crazy to stand trial, and you think it's okay to let him go? Like, is is there some sort of sect of the Canadian government that's secretly watching these guys, you think? Uh, like maybe they have him fucking wiretapped or something. I'd like to know. Because, I don't know. Dude, what? Like, hold on. Vince Lee. I love how he changed his name, too. What, what did he change his name to? Will Baker. Will. Come on, guy. You're from... You're Chinese Canadian, like get with it. Yeah, like I, dude, I just don't understand this shit. Like, uh, it's kind of interesting the the hole that Wikipedia takes you down, because at the bottom of the Wikipedia article, there's a section that says list of incidents of cannibalism. Yeah, and I was like, oh, okay, cool. I'm gonna go read about these, and it lists them by like century, first, sixteenth through nineteenth century, and then in the twentieth century, it lists it, you know, by the 1900s, 10s, 20s, 30s, 40s, so on and so forth. 2010s to present, there's a lot of incidents of cannibalism. <laughs> I guess people are really getting on eating people this past decade. What about in 2020? Um, uh, there's nothing listed for 2020 yet. Um. Oh, what? Oh, no! God! <laughs> What, what happens? <laughs> that 